Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. So in this day and age, no matter what type of school you're in, college, high school, middle school, elementary school, you might have to be doing it online. And MSU Denver Online has totally mastered the art of online education. They've been doing it forever. So they've got this thing down to a science. The teachers that teach the classes at MSU Denver Online, they are experienced teaching online. The content is obviously presented in a super easy way to consume. MSU Denver Online is an awesome experience. I took a class there last summer, had a great time. The teachers are awesome. The content, the courses, they keep you engaged. So check out their entire course list online, msudenver.edu backslash online. No matter what type of student you are, if you're a freshman going to college for the first time, maybe you're just looking to finish up your degree. Check out MSU Denver Online today. Man, I'm hyped again. It brought me back. Man. Brought me all the way back. It's been too long. That's all it too took. Long. <laughs> That's all it took was watching that. Every time I watch that video, I go right back to where where I was. Just so hyped up. I'm telling you, that's my second favorite moment of the entire season. That video, not even that moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just right just now feel, watching that. <laughs> you can feel the raw emotion just in that video. Yoke, Jamal, just them embracing. You know, you it, can it, feel it, that. Yeah, like it, it also reminds me of us doing the exact same thing. Hey, that's what I was going to say. I remember that exact moment for us, and it was the same thing, like this crazy total euphoria. Welcome in, everybody, to the DNBA Nuggets podcast, the DNBA show. I'm your host, Adam Matas. I'm joined by D-line parentheses Eric. That's uh, that's right. Here I am. I, I, I need to make sure that people understand that I have a nickname that I'm not that excited about and a real name that I'm also not that excited about. <laughs> you're, you're in both cases. You are. That was appropriate. You should not be proud of either of those. A man who should be very proud of his name because it's a gorgeous one. Harrison Wind. So I couldn't tell if it was my internet cutting out during that video or if there were just a bunch of stuff that our guest on today's show had to bleep out. <laughs> I think I know the answer to that one because you're right. Every time I watch it, I too think that I'm like, what's going on? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're just cursing up a storm right now, as they should be. Today's show is very, very special, though, guys, because we have on who many people are calling the Stanley Kubrick Ooh, of Denver uh, Nuggets videography. That's what many people are saying. People are, talking. People, people are talking. People are talking. <laughs> people are talking. The person who filmed that very video and so many other videos uh, for the Denver Nuggets, it's Taylor Vinzek. Taylor, <laughs> welcome on to the show. Oh, thank you guys for the compliments. I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> the, look at the crowd going wild. Unbelievable. You. They love Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> they, they do love Stanley Taylor, how long did that video take to edit is my first question. <laughs> um, it took a little longer than normal. Um, but yeah, it was hard because like it was before we even left the arena and the music is still going and everyone's in the locker room and I'm like trying to listen with my earphones because like I have to get all the F-bombs out and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah, it took a little longer than normal, but... It, um, yeah, you got to get it out. So. On a scale of one to ten, how nervous are you for those types of videos when you're like, okay, 
triple check. Make sure I didn't miss any <laughs> F-bombs or anything yes. like that. Yes, I would say like 50% of my job is like making sure that everything is good to go. Um, I did have a little mix-up with the Utah uh, video. So when the Clippers video happened, I was like, quadruple checking, emailing all my bosses, like, make sure there's nothing bad. Wait a second, so, wait a second. You had a video come out that had a few? Might there was, maybe there was one, there was one swear word, and I really pride myself on, like, getting all of them. So. Wait, hold on. Yeah. These players swear? I know, they, right? they use colorful. <laughs> I've never heard it, so. All right, well, that's, uh, that's jarring to hear. <laughs> so if it wasn't clear from our very weird intro, guys, I'm not going to lie. If it's not wasn't clear, Taylor is – so I, I take it from your bio. You don't like to be called the uh, – what was it, camera person? Oh, don't? I don't – yeah, I get called camera girl all the time. So yeah. Okay. Kind of like my second name at this point. <laughs> producer, producer, editor, uh, maybe more appropriate. And somebody who's always filming the Denver Nuggets. Like that's that's your job. Your job is to film the Denver Nuggets doing things. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a super awesome job. So I get to watch basketball all day. I get to edit basketball all day. It's kind of a like a dream gig. So have you? This is your second year. Is that right? Or has it just been the longest yeah. year ever? <laughs> I can't um, it's funny. I'm going on year four at altitude. Oh, wow. But um, but I've just been with the Nuggets for the last two seasons. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And have you enjoyed this? I mean, were you? What was your connection to the Denver Nuggets prior to getting this job? Um, well, as you guys know, I'm from Alaska, so we don't have pro sports teams there. So you want to know something funny? I've never heard an accent from you until you just said I'm from Alaska. That was the first time I heard the Alaska accent. Really? Yeah. I didn't know I had one, but yeah. So I mean, no pro teams out there, obviously. So um, you just kind of like pick and choose as a kid, like what your what your teams are. And so when I moved to Denver or when I moved to Colorado for school, I'm a you know go Rams. Unbelievable. How did we let her on the this podcast? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously just adopted those teams real quick and um, just, yeah, just been really fun to cover them. I feel like Alaska is a, a distant cousin of Colorado, if that makes sense. You know, some, some states, there's a little, there's, mm-hmm. I can see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of, a lot of Alaska kids go to either Colorado or Hawaii. For is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Hawaii, I guess you could put there too. Yeah, they're like they're like <laughs> extended, you know. Yeah, wait, what? Colorado or Hawaii are the two? Makes no sense at all. Yeah, I mean, I think kids are just like, oh, like let's get out and let's go, you know, get yeah. out of our cold, dark Alaska and go on an island. So I feel like Georgia and Colorado, those are two states that have like nothing in common. You know, those are they're not those are no, not yeah, no relationship, no, no relationship. relationship. But then you go, you know, to Alaska. I feel like a lot of relationship, very similar. Yeah. In my Are you just is this is this based purely on the mountain thing? Yep. Is there any other? That's okay. what it is. Yep. All right. <laughs> well, hard to deny that line of thinking. Uh, we already getting your fans are popping in into the bubble already. The best videos of the bubble. There were there were some really really good ones. So we want to talk a lot about the bubble, a lot about just your overall experience. But first off, when did you get the? Uh, when did you find out you were going to the bubble and what was your reaction like when they were like, Hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there was, there was a lot of talk about like who was going to go when we were going to go, like if, you know, the nuggets were going to allow a videographer to go. Um, and I probably found out like two weeks before we left that, you know, you know, maybe start getting ready to pack. Um, and, um, Bob Nikolai, I'm sure you guys know Bob. Um, he's our senior producer and we yeah. kind of went back and forth and, it was kind of like a, you know, he was going to produce Nuggets 360, you know, from home. And 
I was going to go to Orlando and send all that stuff back. And um, it worked out really well. It would have been amazing if we had two people there. But it, I'm pretty sure it was across the board. All NBA teams could have one content person. Mm-hmm. So. Did, did, so you, oh, go ahead. Go did, ahead there, I was going to ask if you did you have any second thoughts about going? Because like we, we saw players opt out. We saw staff not go. Or were you just like, I'm, I'm definitely going. This is this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah, I was definitely at first I was like, well, OK, at a minimum, we're going to be gone for like 53 days. And, you know, if we go all the way, I think it was going to be like 100 and something. And I was like, when am I ever going to get an opportunity like this again? Um, I know, you know, I'm, I'm fr- I feel like I know the staff pretty well and like they're really good guys. And um, I knew that they were going to make you know my life easier. And um, yeah, really mm-hmm. just ready for the challenge. Have you ever been to Disney World before? <laughs> yes, will, you, I, will you ever go back? I'm not, I'm not ready to go back. <laughs> so you had been to Disney World before. So yeah. you had like a little idea of what maybe it was it was going to be like. Yeah. Um, was it anything like that or was this a completely? Um, yeah. One thing I have to say is like the Disney staff is just absolutely incredible. Like they're yeah. so kind. They're just always smiling. Um, I was like riding a bike one time and there's this lady that worked for Disney and she's like, um, on your left or wait, no, on your right or wait, no, whatever works for you. Like they're just, they, they're just like so kind. And, that's like, too nice for me. Yeah. I don't like that. That's the, there's, there's, there can be too nice. Um, what was I? I just had one on here that I wanted to tee up for you. Oh yeah, just like where did you, um, like what did you do? Yeah, when, when, when <laughs> you had yeah. to look that one up. I had to look that one question up. Number one, one. Question here. what did you do? Uh, yeah, um, I mean honestly, it was a lot of basketball. It was like at first when there was no games, it was, you know, it was waking up, going to practice. Um, the guys would practice for a couple hours. I would go back to my room and edit, and because I had to do photo and video, because you know usually I'm just a videographer. Um, so there was a learning curve on the photo side for me, but it was just a lot of editing and a lot of computer screen time. So I feel like that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Calling her out. So I have an adversarial interview style. No, I'm serious. Like, because there was games every other day. So you had that much editing to do. Cause to me, like we were writing and we've, I guess we did feel busy throughout the thing, but I'm imagining if I was locked in a hotel room. That there would have been hours. Yeah, well, like, you know yeah. what, Adam? There was a lot of Netflix, but I wasn't going to see I called it out. There was, some, there was some truth to this. I knew it. Um, one of my other questions, this is where I wanted to go with it. You were talking about how nice the staff was. Russell Westbrook, I know, left an $8,000 tip when he left. Was your tip higher or lower yeah. than that? When, when... <laughs> well, I don't make Russell Westbrook money, but it's not, if that's I not did, the question. If, that's if, an I excuse, did, but, uh... if I did, it would have been, I mean, they're, they were so kind all the time. Like they would come in um, when we were either at a game, um, not at practice, yeah, it was like at a game, and like, they were in full protective gear like everything was super like clean and so yeah they were great that's awesome that's what everybody is that's like the one thing i've heard from everybody two things one is that they got really really bored at large stretches and two Mm -hmm. that the staff was just like ridiculously over the top nice yeah um what was the preparation like leading up to you arrive like you said there was two weeks but did you have to shelter in place and like avoid all contact for a certain amount of time yeah i mean we so the team and the the traveling group um there was covid tests every other day at pepsi center um and they weren't like the nice ones they were the like up in your business into your brain yes so that was not fun but um i mean it was kind of like one of those things where we didn't exactly know who was all going at that point, but if you were like possibly on the travel team, right. then like, you needed to be tested like for two weeks out. 
I feel like the bubble was the safest place on Earth. When they were ramping up for this and some people were like, you expect players to go there. Risk their lives. And risk their lives. I remember thinking, like, I think it's going to be significantly safer than, like, just the world. Yeah, Um, I mean, I felt super safe. And, like, when we were about to leave, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to get tested every day. I have to go to the grocery (laughs) store. Right. So. Was there panic? Like, coming back to the real world, did it feel a little bit like that? Like, wow, look at this germ, germified yeah. space. Yeah, I mean, maybe for me, I think, you know, players were probably ready to get out. But, um, I mean, I didn't talk to any of them personally about their feelings about leaving. But I know for me, I was like, oh, boy, like, real world stuff now. So, <laughs> What do you got there, Harrison? Well, I was just going to ask, like, so you arrive in the bubble. You got a quarantine there for uh, – like 48 hours return two negative tests, right? Mm-hmm. What are your first impressions of the bubble? Like, do you get there and you're like, okay, this thing's going to suck. This is like jail. <laughs> what, what are you thinking when you, when you walk on the Disney world campus? Yeah. Um, my first impressions, I had a really nice view. So that was nice. No, nice. Um, but um, I, I, gosh, I'm trying to like, feels like years ago at this point. Um, hmm. I knew I, we didn't like, we didn't see any of the conference rooms that had been like changed into basketball courts sort of meal rooms. So I like, I didn't have a layout just yet. Um, but they had like info pamphlets for us of like things to expect. And, um, yeah, it was just like super weird. Like everyone was on like playing there, like getting there together. We're all super excited. And then we just like all have to quarantine. We don't see each other for a couple of days. So that was super bizarre. Where are you seated when the games start up? Like, are you, right there on the bench with everybody no so i would be across the court they're all like all the tv cameras that were doing like the wide angle i'd be next to the tv cameras but then as like the playoffs got deeper and deeper we moved like right behind the hoop and so that's like when i was able to like get bench reactions and stuff was the playoffs so that was that was awesome is that better access than usual like before the pandemic um, were you able to get closer for those shots no, I, I would say like pre pandemic was better um, because like we weren't really allowed to leave our seats. So thanks right. again, Adam, for <laughs> batting me out. Um, no, but it was, I mean, everyone saw my like stuff. So like they knew that like, you know, I was behind the hoop and like they knew that like I was like by the bench, like in the last, like the last two minutes of the game. Um, but yeah, I w- it was, it was nice because, you know, when teams win, cameras and reporters everybody swarms the court but with nobody there like i feel like i got you know a lot of that like natural sound and a lot of that like reaction yeah i feel like that was one of the weirdest things about the bubble like Mm -hmm. typically when a game ends it's like crazy the crowd's going wild if it's a close game like the you know there's so much going on when a game ends in the bubble it's just like it, uh, it's just dead silence, right? Like yeah. nothing's nothing's going on. That that's like one of the weirdest aspects to me. Yeah, like the scoreboard like goes blank, the music yeah. stops, what? like, and you're just like, All it's right. it's, it's almost like it's a it's a total soundstage, you know? It's just like a sound soundstage that's like changing and just getting ready for the next act. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's pretty spot on. It's exactly what it felt like. You talk about the sound. I mean, one of the things I'm curious about, and everybody has said that when you're there, you can hear every conversation and yes. like every, oh, yeah. so like, just tell us what was that like? Was there more trash talk yeah. than you <laughs> expected there to be in an NBA game or less? Yeah. Tell us something you could get somebody canceled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, you know, during the regular or during 
Pepsi Center games. Sometimes I'd get to sit on the floor um, and I would hear stuff like, you know, you'd hear players chirping or talking to the refs. Um, but when I got to sit behind the hoop during, you know, those playoff games, I was so shocked that players can get away with talking to the refs the way they do. Oh, I was like, wow. oh my gosh, how are they not getting ejected? Um, I was just like blown away. I was right behind the hoop when Marcus Morris. I was going to say, ah, whatever was, Marcus Morris said, let's yeah. hear it. <laughs> and then, no, I mean, it was really exciting because it was just like, you know, Paul is such a leader and he just like really, he didn't really have to say much. And obviously you guys saw the game and like he just took over and, oh, that was, that was probably like top three bubble moments for me was game five of the Clippers. So because of that moment, because yeah. Marcus Morris, in your opinion, whatever he said was so far like <laughs> over the line that it just like flips out. Cause that's what Paul Millsap says. He talks about that game and he's like, you know, we just got sick of like, they woke us up in a, in a certain way, but you're mm-hmm. saying, because you were there, and whatever it is you can't fully share, you're saying, no, you totally get it. That that would have woken anybody up. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, it, I can't even explain, like, how exciting <laughs> it was to just, like, watch that go down, and then everything that happened after that, it was just like, holy smokes, like, they're going to do this, like, and oh I know, everyone knows exactly why they did it, and so it was, it was really That's cool. so cool. See, this yeah. is a story, this is, I didn't, I, you're telling me some new information. <laughs> this is providing new context to that series. I'm so Were jealous. You, I know, me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, very, very jealous. So, did you develop a, not, I don't want to say hatred for the Clippers, but did you, by by the end of the series, were you just like really wanting to to get that one? You personally, not even the Nuggets, like you personally. Yeah, no. Game seven was. I mean, what? When did we come back? It was like in the fourth when it was just like, holy smoke, we're going on a run. Holy smokes, we're gonna oh, win yeah. this game. Holy smokes, we're gonna win yeah. this game by a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's what that timeout, the video, yeah. the intro video. That's what mm-hmm. that video represented because there was still five minutes left in the game, but it was yeah. like, dude, this is either going to be a comfortable win or a blowout, but it's uh-huh. over. Yeah. yeah, and like I went in, I went into Game Seven like super nervous, and like um, I was like, you know, I really, you know, that first series was like amazing and incredible, and um, you know, whatever happens, happens with you know Game Seven. But then we like, then the Nuggets like won, like handedly, and we were like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. So yeah, yeah it was awesome. Can you read body language? For, here's we do this stuff all the time because it's so fun. But like. There was two moments I felt like Denver was going to win Game Seven. One was right after Game Six when um, Way Off P says we're in the driver's seat, and it was like very clear they were no longer in the driver's seat. So if you say that, you're not reading the room right. And the second was the pregame interview with Michael Malone when he was joking about wearing his black and our black is better than their salmon. I've never does like Malone doesn't do this unless he's feeling good. Like Malone, you can sometimes tell when Malone's really nervous or really loose, and he was. He seemed to me really loose. When you're watching these guys that close and stuff, do you kind of get a sense for they're confident tonight or they're a little tight tonight? Yeah, and like, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be like some, you know, behavioral analysis, you know, expert or a Nuggets expert or by any means. But we, we do that all the time. You can pretend <laughs> to be that. Say, we like, pretend to be that as part of our job is pretending to be a behavioral analyst. Yeah, like but, uh, read the room right now, Taylor. Come on. <laughs> um, one thing, so. During my time there, I got to know quite a few like ESPN photographers and um, staff, and they were just absolutely amazing. And I was talking to one of them, and they were like, you know, I don't really see a lot of teams do this whole pregame thing where they're loose and they're having fun and they're passing the ball back and forth, you know, before they run out onto the court. And, like, I always felt like when the Nuggets were loose and, like, they were having fun, like, that's when I felt like – I mean, who knows? I could be totally wrong. But personally, that's how I felt, like – when things were loose and light, like then 
it was going to be a good game. Doesn't that, that like plays right into the personality of Nikola Jokic, right? Like if he's fun, if he's joking around, if the Joker is joking, like you know that things are going to go well for the Nuggets. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, don't lie. Be completely honest with <laughs> For us. For once in this interview, would you <laughs> please not look? <laughs> no, don't lie. When they were down 17 points in game five against Utah, was there any part of you that was like, you know, it'd be kind of nice to go home right now. Um, no, I actually, I was like, I was like, we've already, you know, we're in the playoffs. I was like, I want them to keep going. Um, but one thing I did not do and I regret um, was um, not packing at all um, mm. before each elimination game. Um, obviously it worked out for me in Utah and with uh, the Clippers, but yeah, when, the Lakers series happened, I was not packed at all. So that was stressful. But. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 like, how did that work? Like, when the game ended, did, did the timer start? You had like 30 minutes to get the F out of the bubble. I mean, how did that yeah, work? Yeah, no, I mean, it was insane. Like <laughs> because I wasn't packed, but um, you know, you look at three months of your life, just like spread out through your hotel room and you're like, dang, like I really should have packed. Um, but we would get home after those 9 PM games. Um, we'd get home at like one in the morning um and we had to be out like our i think our plane was at like noon or one or something or like the bus was at noon so yeah it mm. was it would do you, do you travel with the team pre-pandemic were you on the road for all those yeah um bob nikolai um our senior producer him and i would either like split trips or like we yeah. would go on the long ones together so so i'm curious is is like 10 days on the road in orlando more difficult than 10 days when it's like an east coast five-stop road trip what, what's more difficult for you in your opinion i'm sorry wait what's like the, like going to orlando the- for 10 days or being on an east coast road trip for 10 days uh, where there's travel you're getting up and having to move yeah i would say yeah like regular pre-pandemic like the you know the traveling um mm. that was that's probably harder because like i mean it's a sense of like home if you will you know when you're in the same place for 10 days or in the same place for right. 83 yeah. days so <laughs> gotcha yeah. all right well we have a video here to kind of wrap it up the video you sent over, it's a behind the scenes. This is this is uh, some of the stuff. And we're going to play one of our favorite games, Pause, which is just for uh, look, we have a little graphic here. We just <laughs> pause it whenever we have little questions. So okay. you can help be our, our, our tour guide through this behind the scenes video because there's some funny stuff here. Let's, All right. <laughs> let's give it a roll here. Let me see if I can play this. Okay. How All right, much pause, dancing? pause, pause, pause. <laughs> <laughs> How much uh, square dancing would you say the team does? Is it is this a pretty common occurrence here? Um, I mean, I feel like there's quite a few talented dancers um, on the Nugget squad, for sure. But uh, this was, I'm sorry, I don't play video games. Apparently, this is something with, like, NBA 2K. Um, uh, well, yeah, that is yeah. far over my head. Apologies yeah. to 2K fans. but Way over my head, too. I haven't yeah. played video games for 30 years. All right, let's see here. They look so light in practice. Yeah. Man, the dance isn't over. I thought it was. No, what this is this is like what? a minute long clip. I like this up coming one too. Coaching oh. coaching shorts is kinda of jarring. It is really, <laughs> really hot in Orlando. It's very I do not it's want to go back and It's really hot on that scooter. Look at that. <laughs> no, the, the scooters, what's the deal with the scooters? Where'd they come from? Um it was 
Tyler Cook had ordered one, so then he just kind of was. <laughs> he just ordered one to scoot around the bubble. Yeah, so he was just kind of scooting around the bubble, and it was actually, Baller. believe it or not, it was called a Swagtron scooter. So yeah, that was, <laughs> lost yeah, all coolness to me. Sure. <laughs> that's the brand Swagtron. So that's a that's an electric scooter. I mean, I oh. could not be more in on this team. No, oh, it's, it's a it's a manual, baby. Oh, it's I'm a, back out. I hate this team. <laughs> it's like a Razor scooter. Yeah. <laughs> There's no the swag with that Tron. Like, come on. Get Razor. Taylor, Eric owns his own electro, electric Yeah, you, you may notice it oh, right here behind oh, me. Look there at that. Is. And he's very proud of it. Is it cool to own your own scooter or is it not cool? I'll, I'll answer this one. No, 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 Eric. <laughs> Taylor could be the judge of this one. Oh, me? I don't own a scooter, so I mean. I, but do you think it's cool that Eric owns one rather yeah, yeah. than rents one? Well, look at, before you I mean, answer, look at me in relation to the scooter so you can su- sort of understand. I, I mean, feel like it's it plays in, into my purse. in your shot, and it must mean something to you, so I think it's cool. See, Adam? It, was that so hard? It is very Moving cool. Moving on. To own Let's see what else we have going on here. Rick, I've never seen Jokic miss before. Are you filming the entire practices? For the most part, yeah. I don't film, obviously, um, like plays and stuff. Like when they're right, doing right. walkthroughs, yeah. I won't do that. Right. Put that one on. <laughs> All right, those are some moves. Those are some moves. Whoa. How about Vladko? Uh, our man? guy. He gets more handsome every, every week. More rip. Oh, there's the king. That's how you ride it. Look at that ice. Very, very composed uh, stance there from PJ Dozier. Doesn't want to risk injury. Wouldn't expect anything different. I feel like this is the worst way to determine. And then PJ shooting it is also a bad decision. What is happening? Pause, pause. Pause. <laughs> Oh, we need a little backstory. What is the context? Um, that was on the way to a pool workout, um, and they were throwing around a football, and one went over the bridge into the marsh. So, <laughs> of course, Matt Tuttle was the the sacrificial ball boy. So we had to. He's a little short though, so we had to help him get him over the, the ledge. I love that Incredible. there was a real live concern for a gator. No, they, they, Disney told us that they were like, "Don't go in the water." Yo, do, don't you remember like Holy a few years crap. ago when like a little girl? Oh God! Oh, moving on, Eric. I, well, I didn't, I, I, when you're, you know what? When you're a parent, you no longer like those stories. I can't read them, so I don't. I do remember that. I tried to forget it. Oh yeah, what is this? Oh yeah, we saw this in the videos. Yeah, when mm-hmm. they came out, what the heck was going on? Yeah, so um, I feel like before, like really difficult, you know, big games you know, started coaches would start practice with like a game of tag or like, um, what is it? Like sharks and minnows. Um, just like <laughs> stuff like that. I'd have to yeah. consult with my daughter. I don't know. It was so fun. That was like, honestly, Adam, when you told me like, we're going to talk about your favorite moments in the bubble, um, like pre-practice, like tag was definitely <laughs> like top, top five for me. It was so fun to watch. Cause they'd just be like, just having a ball and everything was loose and fun. And like we would, they, you know, the nuggets would lose and then we'd open up practice the next day with tag. And it was awesome. This is Uh, so crazy. So tell the truth. Is that how Will Barton got hurt? uh, (laughs) Sharks and minnows. (laughs) (laughs) They are. That's like a genuine laugh there. Look at that that embrace. Yeah. And my coach would play Uh, too. He has no further comments. (laughs) I had no idea that the nuggets were so goofy. Very goofy, <laughs> supremely goofy. What a good, uh, uh, what a good awesome. video. Great that work, Taylor. Awesome. Um, 
we enjoyed your footage uh, all, all throughout the bubble. Like we, every little kernel we got behind the scenes was just like manna from heaven. You did, you did a fantastic job with it. Well, thanks. It was awesome to be there. It was awesome to you know show what the Nuggets are doing. They're a great group of guys, and can't really say much better than that. So, have you heard anything about coming up next? Like, I mean, you're in limbo just like everybody else is. Who yeah. Knows, who knows what you'll the season starts, like the draft. I mean, who knows what's mm -hmm. going on? Are you, you also feel like you're just kind of waiting for your next assignment? Yeah. Like I said, it's a lot of Netflix. I haven't really, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of sitting here like waiting for the call. So hopefully well, it's well, soon. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. The fans loved it. Um, everybody go check out Taylor. Go actually don't follow her. She just, she doesn't, she, yeah, she, she, do her, she specifically her. did not put her hand hey, on. I just, I just posted on Instagram today for the first time in a very long hey. time. So. Over on Instagram. We're moving, moving up. up. We're over on Instagram now. Taylor, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. That was fun. All right, Harrison, do you want to take us into our first break here? Um, do you want to – you let me see if I could start some music. I guess that would probably be the appropriate thing here to give you a cue. Ooh, I'll play my favorite yeah. one again. You guys remember this? Oh. From last night? From sure last do. night, yeah. It's <laughs> a good one. Do you guys remember this shirt from last night when I was wearing it? <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing we didn't ask Taylor, what was the uh, alcohol selection like down in the bubble? I think oh, they had any Breck brew down there. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. If they use the Breck brew locator, it maybe tells you right where in Disney World they have yeah. it. Maybe. Uh, if you guys want to pick up some Breck brew, you can use the Breck brew beer locator to find out where you can get some. Uh, also, check out the Broncos Country IPA. You can't miss it. It's in that blue and orange can with the Broncos logo on it. Pick it up at your local liquor store at uh, King Super Safeway. You can go to the Breck Brew Farmhouse as well. It's an awesome choice. Can't can't go wrong with any Breck Brew selection. That might be the top can design of all time. This the Broncos Country can design. Wow, I don't. Know it's a great. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. It I, is. It's really good. It's okay. <laughs> it's like simple, succinct, succinct. But the, like, and then the, the the typography for Broncos Country is like so spot on. It's like fun, yeah. playful. Uh, it's also vintage feeling. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot more than the. Uh, I, I liked the Mile High City Copper Lager logo. Yeah, the can. I like. I like very, the Broncos one more though. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, guys, MSU Denver Online. I took a class there this last summer. So did Ali Monroy, our coworker here at DNVR. Both had an awesome experience. Teachers were great. Shut up, Eric. The course <laughs> content was great. And they have perfected the art of online education in a uh, day and age when that's really the only option we've got. So out of here. Hit up msudenver.edu backslash online. They have their entire on online course list there. You can take a class coming up for this spring semester. They have summer classes, of course, next fall, too. Check it out no matter what type of student you are. Oh, man. Just a, such a great song. What about me? A, a poor student. <laughs> Is that even good for me? Uh, apparently, yes. it's, it's okay. Wednesday today, guys. Oh, sorry. We're on, a, we're on a delay here. That's the one problem with this... Uh faulty internet as we all we all get on delay here um votes just texted he said he'll be joining in just a moment um no he'll good be to hear from on him. the show <laughs> um so today over at our friends over at the athletic um and my buddy seth part now has begun a player ranking he says it's not a player rank it's a player rank guys this is a player ranking. um oh man look who we have here 
Hold what? on, let me see if I can. I can't add him for some reason. There he is. Boom! Look uh, at this. Yeah. That was Bring so. Did you guys see a little color? Look at this. Did you guys see how I was here at the start of this show, and then it just booted me, and I haven't been able to get back yeah, in? Yeah, it's crazy. Well, wow, we, we, that's so it's crazy. crazy. I mean, I've been sitting here the whole time. We didn't want in. you part of it. Uh, yeah. We didn't want you being involved. <laughs> um, well, welcome to the show. You. This is a huge downgrade. We just had Taylor yeah, uh, Vincek on, and we just replay yeah, with, yeah, with Brendan. This is, this is really rough. Um, but we are going to close out the show. So the, at The Athletic today, guys, my buddy Seth Part now, He's ranking all of the players in the NBA. He says it's not, but it is. It's a ranking. He's ranking them. And we've been wondering. This is our first player ranking of the option. These come right before the season kicks up again. This one's coming right at the heels of the season. But we've been wondering, where is Jamal Murray going to land? He has Jamal Murray in Tier 3. You guys hear that? Yeah. Tier 3. Jamal Murray's in Tier 3. Which is, by my account, puts him somewhere between, oh, let's see, he, they had the number at the top here. Let me see if I can find it. Something like the 17th best player all the way to, like, the 57th, I believe. That's what that encompasses. It's a, big tier. it's a huge tier. It's a really big tier. But for what it's worth, he had him towards the top of that tier. I'm just curious what you guys, this is our first sort of data point for, for where Jamal Murray is being viewed now after this hot bubble. Um, what's your initial reaction to this wind? I mean, do you have who he's around at all? I'm trying to pull it up because um, I, I mean, I'm I'm guessing he's around like I had it in the wrong the thing. Drew Holidays of the world. Like, I mean, I would obviously rank him ahead of Drew Holiday. Exactly uh, where he is. Uh, the 100%. Tatum's of the world. That's exactly where they have him. Um, if you look at the guards that are in here, Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Bill, Devin yeah. Booker. Um, he he's right there, and again, it, Seth is trying to pretend it's not a ranking, so he has he he doesn't actually have them like, but he's in the three A. If you just look at the list, they have Ben Simmons right above him, Drew Holiday right behind him. Yeah, man, like I'm so curious to see how people view like what just happened in the bubble when it comes to the playoffs, like coming into next season. Is it going to be like a type of prove it mentality where like we saw Jamal Murray? play up to this ridiculous level in the bubble and you know some people aren't quite sure oh was he just an unbelievable shooter there because of the circumstances is that, is that not going to translate to the regular season right uh, I, I feel like we're going to enter next season which is like all right you did that in the playoffs now you got to prove it you can do it in like a regular arena in a regular season environment there's going to be a lot of that aspect to it um so i mean if you were going off like what he did in the playoffs he's you know he was one of the best players in the bubble. Like he was one of the best players there. Um, so I feel like it's it's a decent spot for him. But people are gonna like really want to see if he can replicate that in a normal environment. No doubt. So wait, where's Donovan Mitchell in that list? Uh, he's right there with him. I think I think again they have him slightly behind, like seven spots behind the seven. The the tier three. The way they have it is Bam Adebayo at the top of this tier. Then Ben Simmons, then Jamal Murray. So Jamal Murray ends up third. Which, if we're if we're taking this as an, a straight ranking, that would make Jamal Murray, I believe, the 19th best player in the right. NBA. Um, again, Seth has said that these tiers are, are, you know, don't think of the number of the tiers, even though he has put them in order. But screw him, he's wrong. It's yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? As soon as you put things uh, some kind of list together, and now it's a t time to attack. He's wrong. I think Jamal Murray is a two-faced player. We've said this for a while. I don't mean this. You know, he's a young player. A lot of young players are. But 
the good version of him we've all thought was like, man, he get hot like few players can, and he looks awesome, and at his best he looks like this, at his worst maybe here. I feel like what this playoffs has done, in addition to raising his profile and raising his ceiling, it's also like people are now buying the good version of Jamal. And the bad version of Jamal is just young Jamal. A, a Jamal that is being left in the past, even if it makes a few appearances, it's you know, it, it's a Jamal that's leaving. And I think that's what this, to me, that what this ranking signifies. I also think Jamal, you know, based off what we've seen in his career outside of those playoffs in the bubble, we would have said this is actually a little too high. Um, but, but, you know, based off the playoffs alone, it feels a little low. And so I'm actually going to slide in and say it's it's about just right, in my opinion. Ooh. And I think you do need to see – we don't I, – I don't think as people who, who watch the Nuggets and write about the Nuggets, we don't need to see him do this across 82 games. But I think if you're doing rankings, you know what I mean, to really put him ahead of some yeah. of these guys, there does need to be a larger sample size than what really was um, probably the biggest outlier, like, context, right, where all, every, everything that came from the bubble – is really hard to project across normal basketball circumstances. So I get it. Yeah, it is funny. Like when you start to, I mean, all of these rankings are completely ridiculous and they're like kind of arbitrary in a lot of ways. But like, I mean, are we looking at what the highest height is for each player or just what the aggregate, like what you get, like based on, like, because Jamal that's, Murray, like, that's more a you question, you know, for Seth, maybe it's one thing, but for you, well, I didn't put this goddamn list together. It's not a me question. <laughs> no, I, that, that is the funny thing. Like when you, when you look at this, like what, you know, when the chips are down and when things are, I mean, to me, that's like the real, the true measure of a player is like what you can expect out of them when the most is required of them, um, right. which, you know, is kind of an unfair way to look at it just because you don't always see that from a lot, from most players because they're not put in high leverage situations. But to see what Jamal did when the whole world was watching, well, when a small sect of the world was watching, <laughs> when, and, uh, <laughs> and, I know, and, and just, and, and when it really mattered, um, like, I just can't, I'm, I would take him over Ben Simmons. I would yeah. take him over Bam, Bam Adebayo. Like, like it, yeah. There's just like so many players like that can't you can't get. I mean Donovan. He to me he and Donovan Mitchell are now like pretty much the same guy in in my mind. Like they 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 give their team that same. They have the same level of explosivity, and they're able to. They both matured to a level where you can start to look at them as like a real leader of the team. Let Um, me just put it. Let me ask you this because I I'm with you if you just watch that first round. What I think is so interesting is that Game Seven of that Clippers series happened, and Jamal Murray. And, and Jokic both, but really Murray just like took it to him in the in the closing Murray. moments. And uh, my question is, we don't know the answer to this, but do you think Donovan Mitchell would have had a closeout game seven against the Clippers like Jamal did? Forty points. Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay. Th- th- honestly, that's my question. Do you feel the same way, vote that he he could have done that? Um, I, I'm not as sure as Eric, but I I have no desire to like say Mitchell can't do any of these things. You know? I agree. That's yeah. exactly how I would feel. Like I'd say, I think so, but I don't know. And that's cool with Murray that we're like, yeah, we know. No, right. he, he absolutely can. And in fact, when you go back and rewatch that game seven, including the hit, the clip we just showed in the previous seg- uh, segment, like him hitting that fall away three in Kawhi Leonard's face, that's such a Murray shot. You know, it's such a like, yeah, Murray's going to hit that one. You gave him too much space, and the game that was his ability to just like slam the door shut. He's hitting that one a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, I mean that's su- dude, that's such a, a desirable trait for, um, and that that's what helps move you up these 
um, rankings in people's right. minds is just like whether or not you have that thing, like that that extra level. It's not can you hit shots in practice? Can you right. put them on Kawhi Leonard? You know, when everything matters. Yeah, it's so, so dope that the answer is yes. <laughs> I know. Like we just know that definitively, yeah, unequivocally. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah he just, you want to see how many examples do you want? We have a bunch. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious because I think the only Nugget player we're going to expect in the top tier is obviously Jokic, and now I'm curious to see if he's a tier one player, if he's a tier oh, two God. player. Like, sorry to be mad about this. <laughs> <laughs> so ready to it's cancel off- my subscription Dude, to the athletic. It's, it's such off season time where you just get mad about lists. <laughs> Who's the most like Rudy Gobert ends up above him? Uh, right? oh, <laughs> I'm already I'm already angry. Wait, did you yeah. say that Tatum's behind him? Um, let me look at my list here. Um, well, these are these aren't actual not a rankings. Not a list. So, well, not a list. No, Lower it, in the tier. No, Tatum appears to be a tier two player. Uh, uh, now right. I'm angry. <laughs> no, no, that's fair because Tatum has. Um, oh wait, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I also think it's funny the like, uh, like just the idea of player rankings in general. I've always said this is like the dumbest thing where we pretend. I I honestly think there's two tiers of player in the NBA: LeBron James. Yep. And the rest of the NBA. Like, there's <laughs> one guy that just seems to be good enough that you can just put the people around him and he'll be in the finals every year. But every other player is like, no, nah, you know, they need the right kind of role players. And then when you start talking about the right kind of role players, what are we actually talking about? Skill sets that fit within a broader context. Which, again, why do we place values on certain skill sets when it's only because those fit within the context of other things? And this is kind of what I'm getting at. Like, oh, there's a lot of players that I think are, and this. I'm sorry, guys. Brings me a little bit to the Lonzo Ball thing. Like, oh boy, and you know he can be a terrible player, but I just think that he can be also a phenomenal ingredient. He's like, you know, paprika. I always compare these players <laughs> to ingredients, but like, it's not great on everything. But you sprinkle a little in there, and boom, came together. Yeah, sometimes you're just paprika away from a champion. You know? <laughs> sometimes from a perfect stew or something. You know, like just a, you're like, man, it's missing something. What is it that this thing is missing? You throw that paprika in there, and you're like, holy. Holy hell, we got something here. We really have something. Um, all right, that was a perfect – I thought this was going to create conversation, but you guys all just like your eyes glazed over. Well, I mean, it, uh, well, I, don't, I mean, do, do we think that Jamal Murray is appropriately placed? He feel. I mean, it seems like top 20 in the NBA. That feels high and appropriate at the same time. It does feel high and appropriate. Let's take a one last break here. Do you have your, your final ad read here, Harrison? Always. I know that was a shorter one, but let's take a quick break, and then um, we come back. Let's ask that question as well as the question of, does this put pressure on Marie? If you're a top Ooh. 20 player and you come in and you have a bad first month of the season, are people talking about you like, what's wrong with him? Let's, we'll ask that on the other side. You guys can get a Strava Craft Coffee subscription for 20% off with the code DNVR20. You can get your coffee delivered every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. You can also get Strava Craft Coffee cold brew at the DNVR bar here in Denver. If you're in the area, pop in, check it out, get a glass of cold brew. Uh, but if you're not, hit up StravaCraftCoffee.com. You can get 20% off any product you are subscribing to with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. Get that coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. And of course, we've got week six of football in the books. We got week seven coming up. DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. They're giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when signing up with the promo code DNVR. That's the thing. you got to use the promo code DNVR 
when you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook to get that sign-up bonus up to $1,000. If football's not for you, UFC 254 this weekend. We got the World Series going on. We got tons of other sports to bet on on DraftKings as well. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook up now and use code DNVR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Can't wait deposit to gamble bonus. this weekend. Sunday. I'm putting, I'm, I can't wait. I'm so excited for it. I'm like showing restraint throughout the week because I want to go crazy on Sunday. Uh, deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We've also got to do a DraftKings Pick of the Week, guys. Okay, DraftKings Pick of the Week. What is it going to um, be? Well, we were just talking about Jamal Murray. And DraftKings has <laughs> the we were actually yeah. MVP <laughs> odds for next oh, season. Uh, I feel like this is bad advice if we're going to put Jamal I Murray I mean, down. if you just want to throw a couple dollars on Jamal Murray, he's plus 6,000. <laughs> plus 6,000. You could bet ten dollars to win six hundred and ten dollars. That's true. You could bet like, ten dollars to lose ten dollars. I was right. gonna say if you bet ten dollars on that that with that odds, you lose ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what if we just get bubble Jamal Murray? Oh baby. Like Every it's, game? it's probably games. not yeah. it's not likely, but it's on the table. Dude, I could actually one thousand percent see a scenario in which like the Nuggets are the one seed. They win 68 games, and everyone's like, well, it's not Jokic. We can't. And you're like, what? Come on. Like, no. This guy can't be as good as they said. It's, it's Murray. We give it to Murray. Well, Murray's plus 6,000. Yoke is plus 2,000. I mean, look, dude. If the Nuggets win 60 games and Murray ups his points per game by 10 and his assist by 3 and his field goal percentage <laughs> by 15, um, yeah, I, I could see it. There's Plus, voter fatigue. Well, I mean, there's voter fatigue for Giannis, but like, unless LeBron just has like a really bad year, he's probably in the driver's seat to win it. Really? Anyways, I would think so. You, you don't. You don't. You don't think LeBron has pressured the voters into voting for him next yeah. year yet? <laughs> he might have bullied him. You're right. He I, I was worried him. about the Anthony Davis MVP campaign. Oh my God! They're gonna I'm be disgusted. MVPs I'm taking the Lakers fans are gonna be like incredible. This is teamwork and it's best. It's so like actually first team All NBA is only two players this year. The rest of you uh, can just f off. You uh, see my, you guys see my dog that was accused of being a cat by Edgar. He's like, <laughs> we didn't see your cat. Look at my dog. He's uh, resting in the least comfortable way. Is that Councilman? No, this is Millhouse. Oh, uh, it's Millhouse. Okay. <laughs> um, just to prove that I have made the correct uh, metaphor, the homie Miroslav comes through. You need paprika uh, for Serbian fish stew. Clutch. Boys, uh, what are we cooking here in Denver? We're cooking Serbian fish stew. We, the Nuggets have all their ingredients. They're just missing a little paprika. That's all they're missing. So is this a Lonzo out. take? Is this, this is a Lonzo take. <laughs> He's the paprika that you throw in the fish stew. Um, but seriously about Murray, though, here kind of to wrap up the show, guys, do you feel like he – let's assume all these rankings come out and they have him like this high. Do you feel like this maybe puts an unnecessary expectation or pressure on him? Or do you think, Hey, it's the big time. This is, this is you, you, you got to live up to it every day now. What do, what do you think there, Eric? I mean, he's ready for it. Like Jamal Murray made a leap 
he's ready, man. Like, I'm not really nervous about any pressure or anything being applied to him uh, outside of just people, um, you know, setting their own expectations and then being disappointed if he doesn't hit it. But, like, I'm not worried about Javal feeling, like, overwhelmed by, like, expectation on him. I, I really think that he's hit a point where, <clears throat> like, his maturation was so, like, it, it was so, it just happened overnight. And it was so intense, like, going from uh, pre-Bubble Murray to post-Bubble Murray. Like, I mean, but pre-Bubble Murray, we were talking about, like, a lot of, you know, like, his demeanor in interviews sometimes, and is he, you know, like, is he serious about this, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, now, I mean, I'm I'm ready to pencil him in for, you know, 20-plus points a night to, to be... Uh, you know, everything we're expecting him to be, I, I just wouldn't be surprised by any of it. And I, I can't imagine he's feeling the weight of the world at all. I think Jamal puts that weight on himself. I think he's just that kind of a competitor where he's either welcoming that or engineering it if it's not there anyway. I do think the team as a whole has entered that realm. I think this is going to be the season where it's, you know, where now it really is, I, I think, that territory where the next two years, if when the Nuggets lose... They are going to start to get called frauds, and, and, and maybe people have a leg to stand on, um, which is a good problem to have. I think they've turned that corner, but it's not just Jamal now. I think Jamal and Yoke um, and Malone are going to be held to these standards of a Western Conference Finals team as well they should. Yeah, for me, Jamal, like, just learning more and more about his story, he's somebody who's always, like, carried this huge chip on his shoulder coming from Canada, not getting the type of exposure that he would have gotten in the U.S. Like, he's been an underdog. And it, even though he was drafted seventh, went to Kentucky, he kind of does fit the whole underdog mantra of this team. Um, and now that he's getting some of that respect, I don't really see that kind of putting him on too high of a horse or or that making him not play with a chip on his shoulder. I think he's always going to have that. And now that he's getting some of the respect – I think it might honestly even motivate him like even more. Yeah. I could see that, the the motivate him even more because I think we saw this with Jokic. Like I really believe this about Jokic. He came in, he was goofy his first year. Like he just wanted to like be in the NBA. He did, and then he was like, "Wow, I'm actually pretty good." And by the end of his, I don't know, second or middle of his third season, something clicked with him where he's like, "You know, I actually have a chance to be great." You know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really good at this game, and I'm close enough. And maybe it was game 82. Maybe it was, all of these different steps along the way. I just think once he got close enough, it motivated him to be even better. And I wonder if Murray, being in this company now and looking at that and going, "Wow, they have me as the 19th best player in the world," and this all happened in one year. I mean, sometimes not to bring this too close to home, but sometimes I feel this way about like the company where you're like, okay, we're the, we can be the pesky startup, and then you go like, oh man, we've had some success. Why don't we? Why can't we be even better than than even our projections? And I wonder <laughs> if if Murray feels sort of a similar thing here, where it's like, okay, I'm in the club now. Right. Now it's mm-hmm. time to own the club. Yeah. Also, like the hunger that this team has isn't going away. If anything, there's even more hunger now. I think. Like, when you get a taste of success, at least in my experience, and I have to think this is the same for NBA players, you just want more and more of it. Like, yeah. it's it's different when you, you know, when you, like, don't make the playoffs for a couple of years in a row compared to, all right, you get to the second round. Then you get to the Western Conference Finals. Right. Like, that hunger is only growing and growing in, in inside of these guys and Murray. 
Well, yeah, and like being talked about, like yeah. yes, seeing your name pop up on the you want more of that jump and like <laughs> so, yeah. I was thinking Murray's like two most famous moments so far were dribbling around Lonzo Ball and a uh, unfortunate Instagram <laughs> post. Like now is this is the first time he's like a household name because he dropped fifty <laughs> points and he's actually like you know like this. And so I do wonder if there's a hey. You play well enough on the highest stage, you actually don't have to bark at all. People mm-hmm. people just recognize it, and now there's a chance for him to chip away even more. I do wonder sometimes about whether or not this will be in contrast to the Nuggets' success. You know, next year Michael Porter has to become a part of the team, and that's one goal. And, like, if the whole team focuses on that, like, I feel like they can get there. But maybe Murray's like, yo, my other goal is to average 24 points right. per game. and sure. And this or that. So I don't think it'll become an issue. It's just one thing I have in the sort of in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Any other parting thoughts on Murray? Well, it's just the same deal as when he signed that that contract. We know he hasn't been paid yet, but right. it's like the one thing that the four of us do know about this person, and we, and we don't never want to pretend you know these guys, but we know this about Jamal. He is about this life, and he yeah. does. He's not going to rest on his laurels. He's not going to get paid and disappear. Um, I think getting better and, and having those TNT promos and all those things you just said, they matter to Jamal as much as the money, I would wager. And I know yeah. it's a lot of money, but I expect this kid to be in the lab and on his grind you know, for the rest of his career. I thought about this with Jokic when he got that contract because be, Murray, I don't know if his first check has arrived yet on the new contract. I, I have, I think he might still be getting the old, the old wage, which is, you know, I'm sure, imagine those checks are still enormous. But there is something different when you like your net worth is twelve million dollars and your net worth all of a sudden is fifty million dollars, and like that's about that's a moment that's about to happen for him. So. I'd, not that I think it's there's like any reason to think it's a concern or this or that, but it is something that's going to happen right. to him over the course of this offseason that will be a significant life change. He'll probably get like a, be- like a better bird, I would think. Oh, come off it. What well, you're the parakeet. Oh, par- I mean, like, that's well, like, name that- one better bird. Uh, an African gray. Uh, I don't know, a... A blue jay. <laughs> blue jays are really good. They're really good, man. They're they're my personal uh Topper. My personal, yeah, they're they're a good one. I don't know if they'd make a good like crawling all over you, bird. Everybody, thanks so much for uh, hanging out today. Though you guys know tomorrow we're gonna be back at noon as our usual. Wait, tomorrow? No, Friday. We're gonna be back Friday yeah. uh, with the DNBA show to send you off into the weekend. Uh, can't wait for it. Bookmark it if you're on YouTube. Don't forget, hit subscribe, hit the like button, like maybe that. leave a comment as soon as this is over. Um, Even if you don't like it, just like it. That could be our question for the uh, yeah, for real. That'll be our question for the day today. It's just what do you make of Jamal Murray's rate of the first wave of his ranking? Do you think that there's anything the Nuggets should be concerned about it, or he should be concerned? Does he climb from here? Does he go backwards? Let us know all those good takes. Thank you guys so much for for hanging out with us. See y'all next time. Let's see if I can nail this. Probably can't. <laughs> <laughs> So if you guys are feeling stressed at all during these uncertain times, if you've got any aches and pains, back pain, shoulder pain, arthritis, if anything is giving you trouble, CBD can help. And StravaCraft Coffee is packed with CBD. You can get a StravaCraft Coffee subscription 
with the code DNVR20, and that code will give you 20% off any product you are subscribing to. You guys have probably taken advantage of that one-time, first-time offer. We can get 20% off with that code, but now they've opened it back up for a subscription. You can get 20% off any product you are subscribing to with that same code DNVR20. You can get coffee delivered every two, three, four, six, eight weeks. And again, you can get 20% off any product you are subscribing to with the code DNVR20.